and welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. Brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier de- Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. We got a Wally and Steve episode today. David is off sick. Hope he feels good, just like every other Texas fan on a Monday like today. Wally, how was your weekend? You know I had to get a shot into David two minutes in. I'm glad you did. I was thinking about doing it myself. Everybody watching that game last night, at least in our little circle, probably was thinking about David. Can't have him too happy these days. Got to knock him down because he's on top of the world with the news we will be getting into today. But otherwise, man, I'm just grinding right now. This is the time of year where everybody, I'm sure, can tell. It's kind of a lull for the NFL. It's a little slow. So this is the time that I can kind of do other things, try to make money all that. And I guess the only other thing, speaking of basketball, the women's Ohio state team playing for a shot at the final four themselves tonight after beating UConn last, uh, was that Saturday? So big, big W for the lady Buckeyes. Well, we know the Ohio state men's basketball team isn't going to be doing anything for them. Couldn't even get into the CBI. They blow. That is an invitational. Maybe they declined it. Sure, we can say that all we want. I mean, they went what fifteen and eighteen. I don't even think in the big they got hot towards the in. end. They did get they hot, hot towards, towards the, end. the end. Maybe they're going to do something. But this weekend was filled with nothing but basketball. Sprinkling, you you even have a little bit of the European qualifiers here for Euro twenty twenty four. So there's a lot of international soccer on. It was it was just a fun gambling weekend. Um, I make fun of David for being a Texas fan, but Texas robbed me of potentially like six, $700 because I had him winning it all in my bracket. It was down to me and two other people. Lost them straight up. Lost them in a Miami plus three and a half Texas money line parlay that I got at like plus 700. It was a rough way to end March Madness. Or the March Madness Final Four weekend. Elite Eight, Sweet 16 weekend. Jesus. You should have known, man. I mean, with the tornadoes and everything, with all the storms out there, you knew the Hurricanes were bound to go to the Final Four this year. What a weird Final Four it is, too. What, FAU, Miami, San Diego State, and UConn. After last year, it was four Blue Bloods, or close to it. What, I think it was Villanova, Kansas, UNC, and who am I missing? Was it... Dude, I have the worst memory when it comes to college basketball. Like, the tournament's so big and we love it, but there's just so many teams that I forget. I totally forgot Kansas won it last year because I always pick them to choke, and they're like, well, what about last year? I was like, oh, well, that gives me more reason to pick them. Do you ever have a team that you kind of just fall in love with every year? Kansas, for whatever reason, is mine. I think I've picked them to win the national title probably five times in 15, 20 years, and I didn't pick them last year. Of course I did this year. It's my own fault. I had three one seeds in the final four. I, I just, I was a giant mush. So it's been a blast, but I mean, I don't know much about it at this and point. And I'm pretty sure this was the first weekend where a number one seed was not in the Elite Eight. Yes, first time ever. I mean, it's it's been bonkers. We had the 16 over one upset again. We had Princeton going into the Sweet 16. You got FIE, FAU, not only first, what, second ooh, time in the tournament ever. Ooh, ooh. Go Owls. That is a pitiful, pitiful out. Because when it's you're a making sad a noise, we have to why wait. Why is he sad? He's in the final four. We have to wait until Saturday for them to play now. So he's a little sad. Good thing you're light on your feet, because I don't know what other excuse would have worked in that. No, there's not a lot. There's not a lot. I I don't know what I would have told you. Well, we got 
plenty of NFL news before we do a little rapid fire for our free agency. But this is the story that hasn't fully developed yet, but we're getting a little piece of it that's doing that's doing the trick, giving us the fix. Lamar Jackson tweeting, essentially, let's kind of let's just give it the synopsis here that he has requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. This was on March second. He was shouting out all of his all of his fans there in Baltimore, Maryland, the whole state. But then he ends it, you know, he's saying, I want the ultimate goal, I want to be able to play for a team that's gonna go and help them get to a Super Bowl. And then I believe he ends it with saying, State of Maryland, I'll see you again soon. Washington Commander? Is he staying in Baltimore? We all know Lamar. We've all had our qualms about Lamar. He's representing himself. He's got the non-exclusive franchise tag where now he's now he's able to kind of negotiate on behalf of himself. He's relaying this tweet out there. What is going on? Oh, this was also minutes, minutes before John Harborough was addressing the media at the AFC breakfast, AFC coaches breakfast this this morning. That wasn't a mistake, by the way. You saw. Of course you know it wasn't a mistake. Anybody that's seen the photos right now, this is typically a very relaxed event. This is where the coaches more or less are just, they're hanging out for a little while. They have to deal with some questions. And then you get that really funny photo that you see every year. There's a GM photo and then there's a coach's photo. This time, on the other side, John Harbaugh, he has 50, 60 people huddled right around him. And he's got to fend this off real quick. Yeah, he's known about it for a few weeks, but he doesn't want to be answering this. And he wants to still believe Lamar can come back. It just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. It feels like Lamar has decided and has decided for a while that the Ravens aren't going to give him what he wants, and he doesn't want to be in Baltimore anymore. Now, the, him and the Ravens are still talking. Neglecting the fact that he was throwing this tweet out there, There's, you know, the media was a circus today, especially on NFL Network, with what's going on out there in Phoenix, I think, uh, that it's popping off on the annual coaches meeting. This is all they talked about was the Lamar Jackson story and his Lamar Jackson tweet. It is bad. And I think he's anything but staying in Baltimore after this. I mean, how could you? You're not going to play on the franchise tag. You want to get more guaranteed money. You want a fat contract. You got to trade him away. And I know that you're you're a big you're a big advocate for the Indianapolis Colts. I was just going to ask you. Where do you think, if you had to pick at this very second where he plays next year, where are you going? I would think potentially Washington with the way that their quarterback room is looking. Indy, Indy has the best draft capital that they can bring him. I don't know if Seattle Seattle would want to go and get him with That's signing Geno Smith. We can take him out. We all know what everyone's stance is on the Detroit Lions. Do they really want – does Detroit really want to get Lamar Jackson behind center with the wide receiver room that they have – put together over the past couple years i don't think so also jared goff hasn't really shown you anything of 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 a regression if anything he has progressed his way up there progressed progressed there it is he has progressed his way over the last season can he keep that up i don't know but i think that he has the pieces there to put up another a more consistent offensive season we know what they were like in middle of the year why not miami to a Tua maybe finally get out of there. He's gonna he's gonna go to an offense that is they're gonna cater him a little bit more. 
they're gonna ha- they're gonna have the same problems except that they can actually get the ball down the field with with Tua. Maybe they're gonna make an offense that makes him click there. Mike McDaniel's will be able to get it done in in Miami, but Lamar going back home, Miami finally gets a quarterback that they can that they can rely on and say that's my guy. Because even though if they have the fifth year option with Tua, you brought in a Mike White. We know what all the, the Tom Brady story has still been circulating of him possibly coming back into retirement. Why not Lamar going back to Miami, going back home? Well, the only thing I'd say here to that is that their total cap space is right under four. And you'd be wasting Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Uh, you're going to have to send considerable amount of money back, at least figure out a way to restructure these deals to make it make sense. And for a guy like Lamar, who's openly said that I want a very high amount of guaranteed money, it's going to be difficult unless he's willing to do something like Deshaun Watson was where you take almost a, a very backloaded deal yep. where the front is going to almost be team-friendly and help you. I mean, if his goal is a Super Bowl, that'd be interesting. The Colts, though, I mean, the reason why that stands out to me so much is that, of course, you have the number four pick. So you'd be in position with, you'd assume at this point, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Only problem is, is the Cardinals pick three, and there's a very real-world ch- scenario that they move down with a team, be Vegas, be Tennessee, be one of these other teams that very obviously are in the market for the quarterback of the future, you're taking a gamble at four, hoping that your guy gets there. I just don't know if they'd be willing to do it. But let's look at this real quick from a Ravens perspective, and then we'll move on. If he's gone, I think they're in a very unique situation to actually retool Instead of rebuild, and we hear every GM wants to believe their team can retool, but this team actually can do it. You have foundational pieces on the offensive line. You have an elite young tight end. He's only turning 28 in September. An elite linebacker duo. And plenty of young players on the back end that can emerge as stars on the defense. If you get a good quarterback, whether that's in the draft, whether that be a trade, the Ravens could really fix this in a year or two and be back to the consistent winners we're used to seeing them as of course you know they're always going to build that defense they never skip a beat on the defense i think just a couple other things they need to adjust here on the offensive side of the ball maybe bolster the offensive line a little bit you mentioned not only mark andrews but they really like this isaiah likely yes um, who had a pretty solid rookie year who put up some good numbers when mark andrews was out Towards the end of lat or towards the end of the season, I felt like he missed five or six games. Or even if he wasn't, Mark Andrews just wasn't putting up that production. Trust me, I had to hear it from Kylie every single week. Who's on his, who's on his fan or on her fantasy team? She did not like him. He, he was an elite blocker last year too. Likely that when they too. used him, that's amazing to have. And people don't ever value blocking tight ends enough. They have to in the in the Baltimore Ravens offense and the way that they've been running it. But true. I like the piece that they had. If they're going to move on from Lamar, I don't think it's going to be as seamless as a transition. Or I don't think it would be as bad of a transition as people are thinking, as I should say. I think Anthony Richardson, that's something you can work with. Yes, obviously, without the years under his belt as a professional, there's not really that much of a drop-off from him and Lamar. Again, MVP three or four years ago, I get it. Calling him and comparing him to Anthony Richardson. But when Lamar came in the league... Is the same as what Anthony Richardson would be coming in the league. So you're starting from scratch almost, but at least you have the mold there. Yeah, and we'll get more into that as the draft gets closer. 
the explosiveness is definitely going to be something people talk about, much as Lamar's was when he went in. But the next thing we are going to talk about here is Dante Hightower. After nine seasons with the Patriots, he announced his retirement. You and I, when we were doing our research to talk about him today, it really stood out to us. If you factor in the years at Alabama, this guy won five championships in 12, 13 years. He was a three-time Super Bowl winner in nine seasons with the Patriots, two-time Pro Bowler, one-time second-team All-Pro, first-round pick. And the play that everybody almost takes for granted in that Seahawks-Patriots Super Bowl was Dante Hightower getting a tackle when it looked like Marshawn Lynch was going to walk into the end zone with a minute left. And we all know what happened the very next play. And that was all set up by Dante Hightower making a shoestring tackle to put the Seahawks in a position where they might be able to bottle it. And they did. Well, don't forget about his play in the Super Bowl comeback win against the Atlanta Falcons in the strip sack when they were down the possession in the fourth quarter. I th- It was either down a possession or down like nine or a weird amount of points. But that that's that was, what I think really... it was actually 28 to 12 felt almost over and made that play. But that was the play you're like, here they are. They're coming back. He's one of those players. Again, another rare Patriots lifer that we're seeing retiring. Yeah. It's under a decade that he played, but still nine plus years in new England. That that's an award in itself, but he is one of those guys, only two time pro bowler. He's one of those guys that could have made the pro bowl every year, but he just kept getting outperformed or someone just had a ridiculous season and he kept being overshadowed. One of the most consistent linebackers in the NFL. I mean, you stay on the Patriots for nine years. Bill Belichick is your coach. He is praising you. And he's one of those guys you never heard about any problems. He's a high-profile name that you didn't hear that many problems. Maybe here and there. I think there's one that's slipping my mind now that I think about it. But overall, worked his ass off. True Patriot. Three-time Super Bowl champion. Just a champion. He's just a pure winner by heart. And it showed since he was, I'm assuming, 19 years old when he was lifting up that first trophy. We haven't even gotten to the high school tapes and what he's done there. It's just amazing. He's a big game player in every sense of the word. Bill Belichick, to your point, raves about him. And if Bill Belichick is willing to rave about you, it says all you need to know about your football acumen. And he was phenomenal. You're going to see him, especially if you're a Patriots fan, in all of these celebrations in the next 20, 30 years when they're looking back at all of these championships. And he's like the, the model face for the Hall of Very Good discussion. Because he won't be a Hall of Famer, but he's a guy that in 20 years you and I are going to be talking about and being like he was a key part of those Patriot, that second dynasty in the teens. And then you play the position that's probably the no, the most notarized position in the Patriots organization at linebacker. You got your Teddy Brewskis, you got your Mike Vrabels. There's other big names that you're going to always, you can even throw Jared Mayo in there, right? I would kind of compare him and Jared Mayo. They're studs, maybe not going to get the recognition they deserve because of A, you're in Bill Belichick's system. B, all the people before you, you have to, you have to live up to that expectation. I think Jared Mayo did, but, or excuse me, I think, uh, Dante Hightower did. He's just not going to have the benefit of longevity versus the other two. To your point, like we're not going to the hall of very good. It's because it's nine years. Absolutely. It's a shame. David's not here for this next one because Cleveland was active yet again. 
He's missing a hell. This is a DK 100%. Episode, we'll have to definitely, he'll, you know, he'll tell us um, his thoughts on Lamar, whether we want him or not. But then Elijah Moore is a Cleveland Brown. The Browns traded the 42nd pick in the draft for Elijah Moore in a number 74 pick. Now, you guys, I'm sure, where, like, you're an NBA fan. You know those builder, trade builder things you can do on, like, ESPN and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. There's, like, higher, more professional versions of that for trade makers for the NFL. And GMs use these, and they look at them to get a gauge on what a value is of a player. This is basically a high third-round pick traded for Elijah Moore. So it's interesting because now the Browns aren't picking back-to-back years until day two, in late day two at that. What is your overall takeaways on this? Do you think you like the move for Cleveland? Are you a little skeptical? Where did you fall? I like the move a lot. You're going to you're gonna put him into a wide receiver room with Amari Cooper. It's funny. No one really talked about his route running abilities until he was traded to Cleveland. Now everyone's talking about how they have two of the best route running receivers in the league. How would you know? The dude never got the ball in New York, and he was barely on the field, I felt like, for the first half of the season. If it was injuries, uh, getting into it with, with Mike LaFleur, uh, just overall not happy with the ball distribution for him. So I like the trade just because there's it's a low risk, high reward. Now, New York, I think it's great. You got a first round, you got at least a little bit of draft capital back for a first round pick. Maybe not great because you lost a little bit of value. Never really got anything out of there for him. But on the Cleveland side of it, absolutely. That's probably the number one position group from the outside looking in. So you know David about his D tackles, but one of the position groups that the Browns needed to address to at least get some depth with. I like this a lot. You're going to pair him up with Amari. Like I said, you got DPJ that it's there that each year he is in the rotation feels like he's getting better. At the end of the day, you're getting another weapon for Deshaun Watson. That's going to be able to stretch the field because he is fast. You know, those old miss wide receivers do ball. I think this is going to be a really, really important year for Elijah Moore. And I think he's going to, I'm not going. I'm not saying over a thousand, but maybe like a 65 reception, 800, 900 yard season for him. Six touchdowns. Clip it. Book it. Locked. It will be. We're putting that out there, and I'm sure David will remind you too. But I'm a little. I guess I'm uneasy about the wide receiver room. So when this happened, when you look at it, there's a lot of decent, solid, good wide receivers here, but there's not like anything exceptional. It reminds me a lot of the 2016 Raiders receiver room, which ironically had Amari Cooper as wide receiver one. He's kind of a low end on the wide receiver one. And Michael Crabtree was kind of that high end wide receiver too. It feels like Donovan People Jones can be a player similar to that. And with Elijah Moore, who has shown he can be a very special skill player in the slot. If Deshaun Watson plays at a level that we're more used to seeing him play, I think the Browns offense can all of a sudden be very, very fun. The only problem is, is that you need Deshaun Watson to be Deshaun Watson again. And we're going into next year with some question marks. It was a long enough period of time to end the season where you're just a little worried about the way he played if you're a Cleveland Brown fan. But the best part about the wide receiver room, after Amari Cooper's $24 million cap hit this year, dirt cheap. All of them. 
Yeah, I can't imagine that even all of them combined get to three-fourths of what they're owing Amari Cooper, the rest of that receiving room. Do you have it off the top of your head? Well, I know that you've got Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones still on their rookie deals. And so you're looking at guys that are getting paid two, three million dollars tops. And then you bring in Marquise Goodwin, who's going to be probably the fifth wide receiver after Anthony Schwartz gets kicked to the can. Because David Bell's there as well, another rookie deal wide receiver. So there's going to probably be five, six million for four wide receivers after Amari. So this is the time to do it. The Browns structured it. If they're going to win, this is the time frame that they need to. Foster Moreau. This is obviously awful news, but I actually came out feeling very encouraged, and I'm going to be a little happier about talking about this than perhaps most people will. But he discovered that he had cancer this last week while taking a physical with the New Orleans Saints. This is gut-wrenching. Anytime you hear the cancer word, it's really scary. But the fact that he was able to find this, for the sounds of it, early because of this physical that he would not have taken had he still been under contract with the Raiders... So in a very weird way, just like John Mechie the third last year with Houston, he finds out early through football, and it could be a saving grace. It could save his life. So yeah, it sucks that we're not going to see Foster Moreau play football possibly ever again, but it's fantastic that we caught it early enough that hopefully he can fight this, and it sounds like he's willing and ready to give it everything he has to beat this thing. Yeah, you're right. It is awesome that they were able to find this early where he's able to kind of, you know, live life and attack this, you know, the way that he should. The thing is, being a free agent, I really hope the NFL is taking the initiative to kind of step in here and treat him as his own. Not technically on an NFL team. Now, we played for your Vegas Raiders last year. Like you said, he was going through the Saints, and that's how he found it out through the um, through his physical. I hope that the NFL really kind of steps in here, takes you know takes care of everything um, medical-wise, you know, at the hospital, chemotherapy, all that, really to kind of put in one of their brothers underneath their arms here because that's what it's all about, right? If you're playing, if you're not, you got to make sure that you're taking care of your own. Um, I think this year really, really proved that with a couple, um, couple one-off situations that, had occurred obviously we know about the demar hamlin so you know i really hope that they do something here positively um that's going to be able to kind of get him out of this and like you said i hope he is able to play football again he is young what he just got done with his rookie contract with with yes uh, this is his fourth year with the raiders and i'm so happy you brought up demar hamlin just because a lot of people were almost surprised that the nfl paid for everything and it was very smart for them to do not only because it was the right thing to do but from a PR perspective, it was really smart. These are the players, when the three of us were talking about how we were being a little cynical and not believing the NFL actually cares and it's a PR move more than... This is where we find out. Because Foster Moreau is the kind of player that the average fan probably doesn't even know who he was until this happened. Pay him, make sure he's secure, make sure he's in a good position, and then maybe we can start building some trust with the NFL. It sucks too. He's young. I really, really, really am hoping that he comes back because he was either going to go to Derek Carr's New Orleans Saints and get to play with him, or it sounds like he was going to go up to tight end Robin Hood, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and like I just want him to get paid. So I hope that he gets healthy. I hope that he just misses one year, and I hope he gets paid, man, because that's what it's about. <laughs>
we will be keeping a close eye here over the next few months. And hopefully around this time next year, a little bit earlier, we'll be able to, I want to say reinstated, but he's be making the steps back on the, in between those white lines and playing some ball. Someone else staying in the white lines in their home team tackle Lane Johnson gets a one year, $30 million guaranteed contract extension to stay with Philadelphia. A lot of his combine tape has been showing up here since the combine was the last couple weeks. Go check that out. But one of the best tackles, one of the most untalked about tackles in the league just because he isn't getting these ridiculous contracts like a Bakhtiari, Trent Williams, Laramie Tunsil has been getting over the last couple of years. But he gets a fat contract representing for the tackles. Amazing move by the Eagles. Oh, it's a home run for both sides. I was in love when I saw this. And it might feel like a lot of money because, to your point, Lane Johnson doesn't seem to get the respect that he probably deserves. But he was a guy for PFF grades, mind you. He was the number two overall pass-blocking tackle and the number five tackle overall this last season. So given the interior offensive line being a very strong run-blocking trio, it's a match made in heaven. And the Eagles have to be some kind of fired up because they have just walked the line so perfectly with the, literally the offensive line, yeah. it's perfect. All five of these positions, you're losing guys in free agency, and you still have guys that can come in and replace them too. I'd be so excited if you're one of these guys like Zach Youssef, these Eagle fans that we know, because it feels like it's starting to trend into the direction that this is going to be mostly the same team that we saw last year back, and that's where it gets into... I mean, there's probably three or four teams in the NFC that can go to the Super Bowl, and the Eagles are without a doubt one of the top two or three. And we always we're always talking about what their draft capital is looking like based off the Saints trade. Who are they, what first round? What top thirteen talent are they going to add to that roster too? On top of that, it's a great point. It went, and this is the beautiful thing about the way they structured this deal: his cap hit is between twenty two and twenty five million the next three years. So it's not even like he's getting this ridiculous money. It's team-friendly. It's player-friendly. These are the deals that everybody can stand around and applaud. Yeah. Heck of a last couple weeks for the offensive linemen or Philadelphia Eagles fans with Kelsey coming back. Then you're going to have Lane Johnson here. Let's get on to our rapid-fire segment. Going to list through a couple of the free agents that signed here over the weekend. We want you to know that this rapid fire session i know you hear the sirens is brought to you by abby turner creative your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding high-end photography fashion and more especially if you're wally and i's age where it feels like there's college graduation baby pictures birthdays you name it every weekend they're happening abby turner creative is the only way to only way to do it only way to go check out for yourself at abby turner photo that's abby a-b-b-e-y we're on Instagram, saw down in Sapphire again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Also, shout out to Abby. Celebrated her one-year anniversary of yep. being cancer-free down there in Florida. It looked amazing, so give a shout-out to her. Talking about the C word being the cancer word, and she kicked its ass just like Foster Moreau is going to kick its ass. Awesome episode to have her sponsor, too. So, yeah, Abby, you're the best. You know you have two fans in us right here. Yeah, fuck you, Butson. Bobby Wagner is back in Seattle on a one-year $7 million deal. I, Me personally, I love seeing him go back. 
Um, uh, just a year removed of him being released by the Seattle Seahawks. Great addition. I feel like a broken record over this offseason. Great addition to a young defense and not only getting a veteran piece, but someone who has been there for a decade plus, who has won a championship, been there. Great leader to get on that side of the ball. What are your thoughts on Bobby Wagner reuniting with Seattle? It's one of the rare instances where the homecoming makes sense and it doesn't feel just gimmicky. Yeah. It's a home run again. I love we're we're baseball season, two days away from opening Ugh. day. So home run. Kill me. Another home run uh signing here. It's a defense that last year was pretty average, which was probably I guess better than most people expected given the the young talent they brought in in that rookie class. And Clint Hurt is a defensive coordinator. I think David mentioned six months ago, he's going to be talked about in head coaching circles in the next year or so. Bringing in the field general, bringing in the guy that just, he just is Seattle. He, he is was Seattle. the Seattle Seahawks. It feels like a perfect match and, I don't think they beat the 49ers in the West, but at least they're going to give them a, a freaking, like a hell of a, a try, I guess. Absolutely. Bill signed Damian Harris after losing Devin, Devin Singletary. I'm still expecting a big running back move this offseason, whether that's like going after a vet like Derrick Henry in a trade or making a trade to go up in the draft to make sure you get Bijan Robinson. But the Bills need a back who can take this offense to another level. Are you kind of in the same thought process after this deal? Yeah, I am for sure. There, There isn't this run, – the running back room never really stood out to me before the season. You had Devin Singletary. I know you had Zach Moss, who you ended up trading away to the Colts in return for Naheen Himes, more of a return specialist here on a really cheap uh, running back deal. But then you add him. I know that you drafted James Cook last year, so – Maybe go all the way up to go get Bijan here in the first round. But it's so clear that the running game is what's holding back Buffalo right now because you're relying too much on Josh Allen to run it. Uh, Sean McDermott was actually quoted here in, in the uh, in the coaches' meeting saying now that he's overtaking the defense with Leslie Fraser set, stepping down for a year, he really needs Josh Allen to be that quarterback who is staying in the pocket. Can't I, I need you less hits, need you less injured. We know what that elbow was looking like. Ironically, that was from a pocket tackle, let alone him running outside of it. But I agree. Uh, I, I think this signing really, really indicates maybe they have some other pieces or leverage they can use in getting a Derrick Henry. Uh, there are still questions marks about maybe Zeke Elliott ending up there in Buffalo. But getting a, a star running back or even a low-end star running back in a, in a Zeke Elliott is a very large piece Buffalo has needed and still currently needs to really be the front runner, not even in that division in that conference. Completely agree. Speaking of Zeke, though, Cowboys let him walk. Seems like they're going to finally do the smart thing and go with youth at running back. Instead, they bring in Ronald Jones, who in five years in the league has never had a 1,000-yard season, has never really emerged as the guy people thought he was going to be. Steven, make it make sense. It's just a veteran backup to Tony Pollard, and you know what they're going to do. The running backs are never out out of the race for on the draft board of the Dallas Cowboys. 
it's funny because Rojo here a couple years ago, before they started getting Leonard Fournette the ball again, he was the premier guy in Tampa. Then all of a sudden he fumbled once or twice, gets put in the doghouse. You have Gio Bernard, you got Leonard Fournette. They had some other rookie that they were playing. All of a sudden he goes to Kansas City, doesn't do anything, wants a trade, is on the fourth. Like he's on a Super Bowl winning team. He didn't play a snap. He LaShawn McCoyed the Kansas City Chiefs, except at least LaShawn just, you know, had the opportunities. He just kind of pissed it away. That's a, funny enough. He actually played, but he had seventy total yards in his Chiefs career, so he didn't really play. Yeah, that's a two-time. That's a two-time winning. Uh, that's a good back. point. Get that ring, baby. Now, speaking about the Kansas City Chiefs, they sign Drew Tranquil from the Los Angeles Chargers, but they lose McCole Harmon to the New York Jets here, their wide receiver, uh, two thousand nineteen wide receiver, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. This is within your division. What do you think about the Drew Tranquil sign? The McCole Hardman leaving. The McCole Hardman leaving, if Rodgers does get traded, the offense is going to have a lot of names. But when you have a lot of names, there comes a lot of pressure. I feel like they have too many names. Yeah, and I just, I don't get the hype right now that a lot of people do. I love the defense, but until, maybe it was the thumb. But I'm worried about Rodgers in a new offense until I see it. There's going to be sky-high expectations. So that move, like you said, it, it it makes it a little tricky. Drew Tranquil, though, yeah, this is a guy staying Sneaky in division. Sneaky good. Sneaky good, good. trade. Or, when sorry, I was me. being Omar Khan a few weeks ago when we were doing our New Year's resolutions, he was one of the guys I wanted the Steelers to go after. I think he's... Arguably my favorite linebacker in this free agency class. And he just doesn't get a lot of pop for some reason. He really hasn't, I guess, been, I guess, focalized enough in the first several years in his time in L.A. And that might be the reason. But this is a really, really fun hire or hire. This is a really, really fun signing for a defense that really needed a little juice, even after a Super Bowl win. Excuse my dog for screaming in the background because he's a psychopath. But yeah, it's hard when it's hard to stand out on a defense when you have the names of Joey Bosa, you have a Khalil Mack, you have a Derwin James, you add Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, then you go and get J.C. Jackson. Of course, there's going to be some names that fall under the crack. But you know, we were so worried about Kansas City that linebacking unit a couple weeks ago. Now I don't know how I feel about him. Obviously, him pass rush versus Frank Clark night and day. But you still add a linebacking core. You you bolster somewhat of that defense and really make that front seven. You're you're starting to buy into the front seven. They're like secondary. We're we're kind of SOL. Let's get into this front seven. Former Browns running back Dearness Johnson. He's finally going to get a chance to prove that he can be an NFL running back with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Johnson has been buried in a very good backfield for his entire career. Not a lot of wear and tear on the tires, which is really exciting if you're the Jaguars. Less than 150 professional carries in four years. For a hair over a million dollars, it makes for a fun little gamble. No, right? Why not? You know what he's able to do in the short uh, sample size that we've had, and we know the games that he had there in Cleveland that people were going crazy for. No, I like it a lot. It makes me kind of question the James Robinson move. Maybe it was more of James trying to get more touches than he goes up to Philly and gets zero touches. But I like this a lot. I like it's a good it's a good unproven guy. We know what Travis Etienne is going to provide. You know, it seems like maybe at least he's going to leave some games early, miss a game or two outside of 
you know, outside of his ACL tear. So it's a good insurance policy. And Doug Peterson must like him a lot because he's able to do a lot out of the backfield. I like the Dearness Johnson move a lot. Two-headed running monsters. I'm a sucker for him. Nelson Aguilar, your boy, and DJ Chark were signed on one-year deals, Baltimore and Carolina, respectively. So another wide receiver choosing to die in Baltimore. That's good for you. But Carolina keeps adding veteran pieces to a non-existent wide receiver room. Now they got Adam Thielen. You had DJ Chark, who had a decent year, still missed some games with injuries with Detroit last year, but the resurgence a little bit. I need someone to tell me why I should care. Because neither of these keep looking. It's these not two, me. These two wide receivers together, would you bet that they collectively reach a thousand yards this year? Because my money's on hell no. No, maybe if maybe if Aguilar went to a different team, I would say yes. But with Baltimore, no. This one's easy that we can all agree on. Joe Burrow. Those reps and the Bengals have been talking about a contract extension with the quarterback going into, I cannot believe it, his fourth year already. We know AC, ACL Terry's rookie year, Super Bowl appearance is second, AFC Championship his third. Yeah, no shit. I'm very excited to see what that number is going to look like in comparison to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, this is a great, great story coming out of Cincinnati. Yeah, this was a no-brainer. I'm glad you said it the way you did because there's no one – I feel like the Bengals have actually even been transparent about their plans to get him extended this offseason. It's just more of a question for me. Is he going to own Kings Island along with 50% of the city of Cincinnati or if it's even more? It has to It has to be over half a, half a billion, right, you would think? It, that's where it's going to be interesting. Do you take the I want guaranteed money approach or you take the Patrick Mahomes deal? The way his play is, I would take an incentive-laden contract because I believe in myself if I'm Joe Burrow that I am going to win with this team. I'm going to win Super Bowls with a plural S on it. Pay me, and I'm going to make your wildest dreams come true. Why not just get a cheaper contract just for this year? Give me like a five-year Give me like a five-year 120. Boom. It's super cheap. We could re-sign my guys, but but I am going to borderline hold you hostage for that next one, especially if I get a Super Bowl or two under there. I'm going to want a fat contract, but as of right now, we've got to ride this wave because we are extremely competitive, but we'll see what their defense is going to look like if they're going to keep them competitive. Jamar Chase said it. He knows Joe Burrow knows how to get paid and make sure his guys get paid too. He's going to whoa, have whoa, this you get paid at LSU? So... Is that what he was referring to? I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Odell Belkin Jr. was there doing his cash flip on uh, national oh, title night. That's right. But Joe Burrow, if he takes a deal that can help them keep T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, whether that's heavy in bonuses, which Mike Brown's not known to do, I mean, that's the way to do it because there's ways around the salary cap. We've learned that in the last five years. The salary cap is a myth. It's something that (laughs) we just talk about because that keeps us from, like, there's rich owners and poor owners. Mike Brown with the Bengals is a poor owner. So, hey, that's what we said when he shelled out for Orlando Brown. True. And if he's willing to do that, and I'm always a, a, a member of the belief that, for especially owners, as you get older, You know that your life has only X amount of days. Go all in if you're Mike Brown. He's probably 80, 80 80-something. 
His dad and him have never owned a team and won a Super Bowl. Why not try now? Well, Why this not is the do first this time they won the play, a playoff game since the what eighties? Since the nineties? Since the early nineties, because they had the Bo Jackson curse game. They when the Raiders. Yeah. Don't forget him. where you uh, came from with that. Sign this man. I I think it's just a matter of making sure you have enough commas. That's the question here. With that, that's going to bring us to another end of an episode of Loss of Down. Shout out to our sponsors, tabbies.com, as well as Abby Turner Creative. That's our girl. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Loss of Down, Twitter, down underscore loss. Wally, do you have any parting words for the fans? Love you, David. I hope you feel better. Feel better, David. Otherwise, two things. One, go Buckeyes tonight. I told you at the start of the show. They play at 9 o'clock. They're trying to go to the Final Four. I don't know enough about women's basketball history, but I know that would be the first time in at least 35 years, maybe even longer. But uh, So go Bucks there. And also, if you hear this, we're going to be doing a draft special at the end of April. If you have interest in drafting for your team, and I want to preface that, your team, please text me. Pod's not big enough, so I'm not worried about giving the number. If you don't have it, it's 724 724- Five eight four two six one eight. I know. Hey, you know what? If I if we get big enough that me giving my number on here happens, I can live with that. Okay. But text me at that number. Tell me your team, and we will go first come first serve. And that's the way we're doing this. That way it stays fair. But we'll tell you more about that down the road. But if you have interest, text me. You got anything, Steven? How about you? That's all I got. I'm just ready to. Uh, I'm. Go- I have finally mastered how to make the perfect fried chicken sandwich. Whipping it up for the third time in like a week and a half tonight. I would love to hear it. Now you got to have a pickle involved, correct? Absolutely not. I hate pickles. You're a loser. I that just rattled me. I thought we were gonna have a bonding moment. No, no. Well, then what's your plan to make a perfect sandwich if it's already imperfect? How is it imperfect? Because pickles are delicious. Okay. What do you mean okay? They're del- uh, Anyways, so you go pickle, you throw lettuce. Hell, you can get a little crazy. Throw a little strand of raw red uh, onion on there if you want. I'm just saying live a little. No, see, uh, he's got to whip it up. Obviously, you, you kind of butterfly the chicken breast a little bit, right? Respect. You get a little uh, salt, pepper, some paprika, a little bit of chili powder. I, I'm with you so far. Yep, you get to oil it up. You got to mix it in there. Now you got to roll out some cornflakes. That's what's going to be your... The uh, crunch. That's what's going to be the crunch. Underrated, too. You throw that on there. Come out, put a little Asian zinc sauce. Oh, I actually am all about that. On the that. patty or on the bun, Chick-fil-A sauce. With both. You do both. That's interesting. It was phenomenal. You're going to make one for me when I come down. That's a, that's a like a requirement. You have to make one for me. I got you. You know, I'm I'm trying to Chef Boy or Steve it up all the time. I got my wings down. I'm a big chicken guy. I got the wings down. got the fried chicken. I can make a mean big ziti. So we got Chef Boy Steve over here, and we got Fat Boy Chef Wally. Boy Steve. Well, yeah, I like that. Yeah, exactly. So next time, I'll, I'll whip it up. I'll Gordon Ramsay it. Do Salt Bay. I'm ready for no, it. fuck that, dude. Yeah, uh, as soon as he it? started trying to grab the World Cup, that got uncomfortable. I was like, I'm out on this guy. Like, you're actually, I don't, you're literally not allowed to touch that. It's like outside of the players and whoever's representing Argentina. Like, 
You're not. It's weird. Touch. Yeah, there's certain trophies you don't touch. Like the Stanley Cup's the same thing. You're not supposed to touch that thing unless you've won it. But I know, just like in FIFA, there's gonna be people break it. It's just I don't want it to be Salt Bay. Yeah, it, it made me uh, made him made me hate it. That's for sure. You can just tell how awkward everyone is. It's like, dude, get the hell out of here. Well, we love you guys. We will see you probably next Monday if the Lamar trade happens or Aaron Rodgers trade happens. Well, at least get a video out. Yeah, we'll get something out, but probably wait and see us next Monday night. Till next time. Happy trails.